The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Why is this so important? Why did you pick this story? Why does this matter? This is the news. And why, 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 and why it matters. Hi, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. We have a special guest today, Elijah Schaefer, who is the host of the YouTube show Slightly Offensive. Yay! Thanks for for joining us. All right, Stu, top story up. You get applause. Wow, that. Yeah. Get applause. You're, not everyone gets applause. It like came so. from heaven right there. <laughs> it did. <laughs> Stu, what was your top story? Uh, the American hero that is Cory Booker. Ah, oh, mm. thank you so much for mm-hmm. saying that. He, he deserves the attention, and he wants it. Yeah, does he? Mm-hmm. Yes, very much Jason. so. The American hero that is Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> also super deserving of that title. Very patriotic show today. Yes. <laughs> All right, Elijah. Yeah, and um, mine is the Italian hero, uh, the Pope, and the Catholic Church, and the new investigations that were launched from the New York and New Jersey attorney generals into sex abuse allegations, which is not so funny. It wasn't as funny. Not you funny, really ruined the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the guy who comes into like the Thanksgiving dinner and is like, let's Aww. talk about sex abuse. It's like, oh, Not funny, but really important. Really important. So, I mean, this is the news and why it matters. So that is a very important story that uh, we will get into. Cory Booker. Yes, Cory Booker, he, uh, he had a moment, uh, his I am Spartacus moment, um, when he was talking about these documents that came out. We talked about this, I think, a little bit on yesterday's show, where he said he was breaking this, the rules of this committee to get so these documents out there. He's a maverick. He's rogue. He's a bad boy. He's doing all these things against the rules. And then, of course, it comes out that these documents had already been approved to be released, and he was doing absolutely nothing that was against the rules. Uh, you know, he's trying to make himself into a big deal. Uh, we have the clip of the I am Spartacus moment. Let's watch it. And I understand that that the penalty comes with potential ousting from the Senate. And if Senator Cornyn believes that I violated Senate rules, I I openly invite and accept the consequences of my team releasing that email right now. And I'm releasing it to expose that, number one, (laughs) the emails are being withheld from the public, have nothing to do with national security. Now, I appreciate the comments of my colleagues. This is about the closest I'll probably ever have in my life to an I am Spartacus moment. Uh, my colleagues, numerous of them, said that they too accept the responsibility. Um, now, I will agree with them on one point. This is the closest he will ever come to an I am Spartacus moment. <laughs> that is true. Uh, that is, that true. is 100% true. I agree with him. Um, but it's, it's, you know, the I am Spartacus moment is in, of course, you know, we, we know the story, at least if you, if you don't generally know it, you know. Guys, about there's a bunch of slaves there. They're about to get murdered if they don't out this one guy, Spartacus. And when the Spartacus says, "I want to protect these people," I'm I, I'm going to I'm going to have to admit I am who I am. He stands up. He's about to say, "I am Spartacus," and then two other people say, "I am Spartacus," and then the whole crew, everybody there, starts saying, "I am Spartacus." Of course, to confuse uh, the uh, the uh, the, pe- the it was the Romans, right? Uh, to uh, that were going to kill him. Um, the, the issue with that is what's amazing about it in that comparison is that it's all about anonymity, right? They all say, I am Spartacus, to hide the identity of the person doing something principled. <laughs> Cory Booker is doing the exact opposite. He's telling you he's the person who's principled. He's telling you he's the guy. He's the important one. This issue is all about getting eyeballs on Cory Booker, yeah. not about doing anything principled. And that's what's really you know, sad here. There's been this kind of thing with Kavanaugh where the, the left has said, 
Why aren't you doing something to stop him? Now, of course, you know, you could have done something to stop him, which is elect more Democratic senators like that. That, that would have been a way to stop him. Uh, but they didn't do that. So, you know, Kavanaugh has a really good chance of going through and, 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 and getting confirmed. Um, but they have to now do these sort of symbolic things uh, as advertisements for their 2020 campaign. Yes. What you're watching there is not about Kavanaugh. It's about 2020. Yes. And these guys trying to, to show how wonderful and how they'll even break the rules. Uh, to push back against Trump. What's amazing about this is ima- this precedent, uh, you know, think about how they view Donald Trump, right? He's this evil fascist and he'll do anything he wants all the time. Can you imagine what this precedent would mean for the Trump administration if he were to also execute it, where he would start say, breaking rules and doing all these things and bragging about it? They would be all, it would be, there'd be nonstop coverage about how horrible he was and all the norms he was breaking and all the evil things he was doing. With here, it's just a campaign commercial. They want to get their little clip. They want to get the thing they could send out in a donor email later on and hopefully separate themselves from Joe Biden or whoever else is running. It is really pathetic. It's all about attention. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's so transparent with Cory Booker because he's so bad at it. He's so <laughs> incredibly terrible at this. You know, he's a grandstander who is just awful at grandstanding. And you just every day you watch him, you realize a little bit more. He has absolutely no chance of being the nominee. He's also got those crazy eyes going. Does have crazy eyes? What's the crazy eyes thing? It's really creepy. Elijah, what's your take? You know what? Honestly, I would say that this is a common thread on the left that they're consistently trying to virtue signal and look like they're somehow taking a moral stance. Even like an article I was reading today with Elizabeth Warren saying that she's part of this resistance and they like to tag these names. You know, I'm Spartacus. I'm the resistance. But what you really are is just faltering American society and you're sort of dragging people down, distracting them away from the real issues. And by him coming out and saying this, I mean, it's, it's an ego. It's a pride thing. And I know as anybody who's in politics, they probably want to be known for something but at this point he's just going to be known for idiocy because (laughs) all what he's really doing is not only saying that I don't know what's actually going on but he's trying to take credit for something that quite frankly he doesn't have any credit for which sounds a lot like pretty much everyone today Colin Kaepernick different kind of things right I mean write different things in the news Mm -hmm. but I mean this guy's saying it and he says it with such a convincing tone (laughs) that you even wonder does he believe does he believe it does he believe it or is he just it's a convincing tone yeah but not everyone else but he speaks but the whole point is is he's saying it as if it's real absolutely but it's it's scripted I mean you know that they're feeding this to him and he's trying to come across this way like yes I'm convincing I know what I'm saying but you would basically have to be an idiot to watch this and not see that this guy, you can, you can smell the BS through his teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Even, his, even his explanation sounded very, very convincing, but I still just didn't understand it because because it was Anderson Cooper, I think, was kept yeah. pushing yes. him, was like, wait a minute, so did you know about this or not? Because people were saying you knew that these documents were already said to be released and were cleared. And he was like, no, I did it. I did it. You know, I released it I before. Bro- I broke the rules. Last night. I'm, I'm, I'm a rule breaker. Yeah. I'm, a bad I'm, a re- I'm a rebel. Yeah, his, 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 that, <laughs> how he frames himself as a ba- bad boy is just going to crack me up. If he keeps that standard, He's next. I mean, that's on the level of like tearing off your mattress, you know, tag or whatever and going, boom, told you, yeah. breaking the law yeah. you know, or jaywalking or something like that. But there was, he didn't do anything that he wasn't supposed to here. Just, there was, just for just for amusement purposes. Let's pl- we have that Anderson Cooper clip. Let's play a little bit of that. But I guess the question is, was it really a violation? Because at this point, I mean, to be clear, yeah. Bill Burke, the President Bush's presidential He's record representative, said he cleared the documents <laughs> before 4 a.m. per your staff's request and that they had told you you could use them publicly. Grassley's office also confirmed you were told that the restrictions on the documents had been waived before you spoke today. So how do you square that with the idea that with what you've said? 
Well, I square that very easily. Number one, last night I broke the rules before they even, <laughs> then, then they scrambled to release the document, but I continue to release documents. I've released 20 so far that they have not cleared. I am breaking the rules. Break, I'm breaking the rules. Keep saying that. I'm breaking the rules. I want whatever coffee he's having, though. I, know. I mean, that's that's pretty. I woke him up. Yeah. I mean, and, and even I, it's it's it really. A, Jonah Goldberg wrote a really good article today, and he and he said it's theater theater of the, of the absurd. It, it really is. And he went on to describe how you know, I guess back in the fifties and sixties, when they were talking about theater, like they had to go do something different because I guess it was stagnant. And before, theater was like very, I guess, linear, you know, like you had your different acts or whatever, everything built to a conclusion. But when it became theater the absurd, it was more like the actors were less like acting real frantic and they were like pumping into overdrive. But at the end, nothing changed with the characters or with the story. Mm. So it's, it's very similar to this. Like they're really going crazy, like saying they're rule breakers and, you know, they're doing all these things, you know, for the American people. But at the end of the day, what's going to change after all of this like circus? Nothing. Yeah. Kavanaugh is going to get confirmed regardless. And they know this. Most likely, yeah. But it does not matter because it's theater for a run for the next election is the only re thing it is. Speaking of theater of the absurd, uh, Alex Jones. Good transition, Sarah Gonzalez. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, a, I, I, you know, I, I hate, I, I guess I'm torn on this. Because I'm going to miss him so much. I mean, it's provided so many hours of, you know, of entertainment. But he really is getting deplatformed. It started off with Facebook, YouTube, all of his different, you know, uh, podcast, uh, you know, platforms, all that stuff, even Pinterest. Twitter was the only holdout. Twitter was the Alex only holdout. Alex Jones had a Pinterest page. Right. <laughs> he's, still on, he's still on Instagram right now. He's oh, still he's, still on, on Instagram. Instagram. he's still, still on Instagram. He's still on Instagram. It's Which logo, only like 200,000 followers. Because that's owned by Facebook, right? Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of strange. It is interesting. But he's not that big on there. That's probably why. It's also like they're saying a specific violation on the platform. So maybe he's never really done much of anything on that platform that's violated. Which would make them more credible. And Theoretically. You're right. I mean, you would think. That's actually big for him uh, if, he, if he can stay on. Because they just announced with that like hour-long stream streaming service that they're doing now. On Instagram? So we can have, do like an, an entire hour-long show on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I digress. Um, so anyway, if Twitter is your last holdout, you know, if, if that's, that's, that's the guy that's like saying, I will not censor voices regardless, you would think that you would be nice to, you know, to Twitter. You'd be nice to Jack Dorsey. But that's not exactly happened. Uh, this happened on Wednesday. <laughs> Hey, Jack, I appreciate you supporting the First Amendment, but I have a right to face my accusers, Jack, and I never I never threaten the media with battle rifles. Can I have your autograph, sir? So, Jack. CNN Times. CNN. You unverified me and called me a white supremacist. I'm destroying free speech. You're violating my First Amendment rights. CNN and the Democrats, you know, are the First Amendment that needs to be stood up against. That's a stick. Okay, he's your only ally. Why are you chasing him down and shouting at him? It makes no sense. So, I, but I, I really don't think that was the last straw. I, re, I really don't. I think it was after that with the Oliver Darcy thing that was the last straw. I mean, you could have saw. Do we have that as well? We have a couple different. Show that really quick because you can actually the see. The definition of a fraud. You are a charlatan that goes around lying about people to destroy the First uh, Amendment. I haven't lied about anyone, Alex. Yes, you are a congenital liar. And CNN is a giant fraud that hated the world over. No, yes it is. You, you are a liar. You think you can gaslight people and call for censorship and then a day later say you aren't? Before we go, hold on, before we get into that, I, we have to play my favorite clip from that Oliver Darcy confrontation. Can we? I, yeah. I, I want to get this down on tape. This is unbelievable. I was literally saying I don't see the criminal news network here, but indeed we do, right there at the front of the line of the trough. 
to try to get in there and, and, and try to shut down conservative libertarian speech. And of course he comes from the loins of Glenn Beck. The king. I mean, look at those eyes, folks. If you want to the see king. the eyes of a rat. Of course he comes from the loins of Glenn Beck. I just, they all come from. Right? <clears throat> Glenn's oh my God. loins. That's an amazing uh, set of moments. There. <laughs> I'm surprised at how Oliver kept his cool. I thought he did I, a great, yeah, great job. Andy, what are you going to do? You just stand there and you're just tired. Yeah. You're like, you, you know, you're just trying to go to a yeah. hearing. <laughs> and Alex Jones walks up. It kind of reminds me of Bernie Sanders when, when he's at the airport. Yeah. And then the guy was like, Alex, please don't. Don't yeah. do this. <laughs> like, you know, you're just, you're just trying to get off a plane or whatever. You're just at your head. No one wants to be in D.C. Who even wants to really be there to be? honest right. at one of these hearings you're going because yeah. you need to be or it's your job yeah. and then Alex Jones is yelling in your face and I don't know what his breath smells like I don't know what it is <laughs> can't be good we and know it's, it's not good it's not like, it's ah. not minty fresh I will uh, say that I can go on the record on that all one. those supplements he's taken you yeah know, the, <laughs> um, one interesting thing you think bring up uh, bring up uh, Jason and it it, it it plays into a theory that I have about all of this is you know he's never going to like Jack Dorsey from Twitter, right? Like he's always going to complain about everybody. He's a he in his own mind is the ultimate martyr, right? Like that's that's how he sees himself. But if 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 his goal was to stay in front of as many people as possible in social networks, he would probably do what he could to say, look, Twitter. I mean, you can complain about Twitter a lot, and there's a lot to say that you know I don't like every move that they've made, but they were the only. Uh, you know, one of these platforms that stood up at that time when everybody was dropping him and said, you know what, look, we don't see any specific violations. We're nervous about it. We might suspend him if he does something. They stuck with him. And I don't think there are any heroes of free speech in this situation. But if you if your goal was to stay on and get your message out to the most amount of people, you're right. You probably don't go up and yell at the CEO of the company. I think his goal is something different. His goal is to become a martyr. Yes. His goal is to, he wants to get kicked off of these things, I think, in the end. And in the end, in the short term, he will pocket a bunch of cash for doing it. He'll get this publicity. His followers will go. They'll sign up when maybe before they just watched his clips on Twitter. He'll make some cash out of this in the short term. Um, but I think really his goal is, is to become this sort of figure that's been wronged and to kind of prove himself right to his audience because he's been saying everyone's after him all the time and now they are after him and he's proving it right. Uh, I, I, I feel like the goals aren't to stay on these, these platforms because you can certainly make moves as a businessman to try to do that if that's your goal. Yeah. My my meta issue with this is do I do, do I have time to do this now? Or? You know what? Let's. I, oh, you don't have time for well, a meta issue. Do you? <laughs> no, we no, don't. The, the, and, but there's still. Let's come back to this after we take a break. But before we go, I uh, want to thank our TV and podcast sponsor, Mercury Real Estate. Um, Stu, would you agree that the best way to pick a realtor is you open the phone book to a random page and you close your eyes and you point? Uh, that's one of the best. Um, my preferred way is to look for a bench bus, a, a bunch a, bus, a bus for stop. a bench. Yeah. Yes. It, uh, if you can find a, a bus stop, giant picture that yeah. you sit on. Yeah, a lot of yeah. times, and I, if you have um, a homeless person sleeping on your face on a on a bench, then I'm like, oh, that person's got to be my. <laughs> yeah, that's how you I read do. my mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, there are so many people who say that they're real. Realtor, you know, they do it on the side. They dabble in it, maybe. But uh, Glenn built realestateagentsitrust.com for that very reason, yeah. because you, you don't know who you can trust. Uh, so right. Glenn's team goes in and handpicks everyone uh, based on their ability, their track record. Um, so 
You don't have to do it. And considering the importance of the transaction, right? right? Like probably the person you know kind of from the gym is not the right person. Like you should do more the, research than that. For the biggest investment you're probably you're ever going, going to make. In your probably. life, yeah. yeah. You probably want to have somebody who's checked out. And that's they make it really easy at realestateagentsitrust.com. Find someone right in your area and just knock that one out. Yeah, so go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Back in a minute. Hey, it's Sarah Gonzalez. Thanks for listening to the program. I want to tell you about another show I think you'll like, The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. You can find it wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Uh, we got a lot to get into. We're still going to talk about Alex Jones, but before we do that, want to thank another TV and podcast sponsor, Patriot Mobile. Uh, Stu, you use Patriot Mobile? Uh, I do. Okay. Uh, it's it's interesting because you think about all the times now. You know, all these companies run away. You know, Dick's Sporting Goods mm-hmm. getting rid of guns, and all these companies are you know getting boycotted and everything. And in that environment, uh, Patriot Mobile actually started with the goal to support conservative organizations like, for example, Gun Owners of America. Um, you know, real, real conservative organizations that you actually get to choose. The way they do it is basically, you know, you pay your bill every month and they take a portion of that bill and they give it to conservative causes. Uh, no extra cost. There's, you don't have to worry about like losing quality on the network or whatever. They have a great network. Great prices. A lot of the other phone companies, though, are donating to liberal causes. We yeah. just don't know it. Yeah, well, you know, so, this is typical, right? Like yeah. these these companies are they have they want feel good publicity, so they you know they donate money to these like left wing causes. Um, one company in particular, I can't remember which one it was, but it was over eighty million dollars they've given to progressive causes and candidates. And it's wow. like so you're paying your bill, thinking, hey, you know, I'm just paying some phone company, and you're actually donating to some terrible candidate or, or a cause you don't want to support. That's where those hidden charges go towards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get all data plans for seventeen eighty seven for your first month, and you can go wow. to patriotmobile.com slash news or call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Digging back into Alex Jones, I, you're going to go meta? Going to go meta Okay. Oh, okay, go meta as quickly as you can, and then I want to get Elijah's take because I know there's going to be a little bit of a different perspective here. Okay, so my biggest fear with, with what is happening to Alex Jones is a lot of this started with with a, a vast, you know, outcry, you know, from the public. And then a few media organizations like Oliver Darcy, actually Oliver Darcy, I, I don't think was being entirely truthful there because I think he did lead a, or was a part of a big campaign to deplatform Alex Jones. Um, he was specifically hounding them like, hey, he's breaking these, uh, you know, rules. Why are you not doing anything about it? Why? It was like a, all the time. He was tweeting directly at Jack Dorsey many times about this. So he was front and center out on this. But if you can have public outcry to go to some of these companies and say, get rid of this voice because he's mean to us or we don't agree or whatever, my feelings are hurt, whatever. And if you can get a competitor, which Oliver Darcy represents a competitor to Alex Jones. Again, that's a very minuscule, you know, he has a very small audience probably compared to CNN. Well, actually, maybe not. Maybe yeah. they're not equal by now. <laughs> right. but, um, but, um, but if you can get a competitor and you can get a large outcry to basically pummel some of these uh, companies, you should not be cheering for this right now. Because if you are a a personality, a voice, regardless of what you talk about. But if you are one of these media outlets or just a a voice, whether it's conservative or whatever, whatever your viewpoint is, and you can be pummeled into submission, you can be deplatformed by this, whether it's, I I don't agree with censorship, regardless whether it's from the government or whether it's from a private company, but this is the precedent. So you should not be happy about this if you're anti-Alex Jones, because you should be looking over your shoulder, because you could be the next one to get hit. Okay. Uh, Elijah, you actually know Alex Jones. You've yeah. been on his show before. You guys are friends. Yeah, I would say. Okay. I mean, I mean. So, what's your take on this? You know, 
Um, I don't even know what, what constitutes friends anymore in this culture, but let's just say he had about a million followers on Twitter and he followed a couple hundred and I was one of them. We DM'd and we'd talk about things and um, he, he happened to be a fan. He put my videos on Infowars.com and has put some of my content, retweeted my content, hung, you know, they email back and forth, different things. I personally, he's a great guy. Um, I, I love him. And I think that a lot of people always preface their comments about him by going, well, I disagree with a lot of things that he says, but I also think he has the right to, to speak. And that almost sounds like someone saying like, hey, do you love your mom? Well, you know, we've had some disagreements, <laughs> but you don't say that. I mean, it's your mom and she is your mom and you don't preface your love by saying, oh, we disagree. You just, you stand for what you stand for. And for me, I don't care. It doesn't even matter if I disagree with some of the things he said or if he's done some crazy things. The point is, is he's done nothing that violates the law and the fact that he's not doing anything illegal. Maybe questionable by some people's standards, but he's doing his best to be who he is. And I don't even know if I would consider him a true like conservative. He's like a little yeah, bit fringe. He's a little bit fringe, been a little bit libertarian, been a little bit, you know. Um, Nationalist, right? No. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely skeptical of the government um, as a whole. And I think what he did is is good. Just like, you know, you might have the, the Young Turks or other people online, which I definitely don't like. I think right. they're, they're well, terrible. But can I, I, I want to make sure that I understand you. You think what part of what he did was good? I think having a voice that felt free to say what they wanted to say mm -hmm. is important in any type of conversation because it's like having that crazy clown in class or that bad kid who challenges the teacher. It's like, oh, well, they're disrupting the class. Yes, but it's important to have somebody there to challenge. And he was doing his best to challenge. Did he get some things wrong? Absolutely. But he got a lot of things right. And sometimes the things that he got wrong, we tend to put on blast, kind of like when a celebrity has a scandal and suddenly we forget all the good things they've done. We just look at that one bad moment. I think Alex Jones is getting flack for a few dumb things that he said or done. And quite frankly, I think people are letting them stack on, on a ladder because even his accosting, apparently, of a journalist, I mean, that's not illegal. Yeah. It's not wrong. It might not no. be good taste, but it's not a terrible thing. But it doesn't have to be something that he's done that's illegal to get him off of Twitter, right? It doesn't it's, have to, it doesn't have to a be private a private company. Yeah, they're a private company, but the way that they run as a public forum saying that we can't get sued for the things on our platform because we don't police it. And so the way right. that people say, hey, there's a lot of people saying, you know, white people should die or, you know, you know, kill all white people. And I don't expect Twitter to suspend those people, too, because those people have the right to kind of say what they want. And if the police want to investigate and work with Twitter, that's fine. But it seems like the slant is against people who are conservative. And Alex Jones says a lot of crazy stuff that goes directly against the platforms that these social media companies hold. You know, so yeah. Yeah. The, the problem with these companies is, is Twitter and Facebook and all of them is that they're subjectively saying, you know, who who can and can't stay on our platforms with without release without having any kind of consistency whatsoever. No why? Like, there's yeah. no consistency. So literally, there is a Louis Farrakhan Nation of Islam and there's a Hamas Twitter account. And they're all busy tweeting right at this moment. So right. that makes no sense. Yeah. Like you cannot suspend Alex Jones yeah. for leave Hamas for saying right. frogs are going to turn gay from fluoride, <laughs> but then let people uh, say that are Hamas they? is fine. <laughs> it makes no sense. I mean, I feel like it makes no sense. Correct. However, I still feel like they. I mean, they they have the right to do it. They can sure. do it because when it comes down to it, life isn't fair. 
You know, I mean, not everyone is going to be treated equally. And, you know, you can walk into a, a restaurant and they have a, a sign that says we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone, which they legally can do as long as they're not a protected class, you know, that they're, just, that they're discriminating yeah. against. They and I don't register, think, though. I don't yeah. think super crazy is a protected they class. They need to be registered, though. That, that's the key thing is, is mean, what they're saying they are to society, yes, right. it's dishonest advertising that's because yes. that's the that's what's wrong about it is that they're coming in here. I don't care. Be a liberal media outlet. Say we censor conservatives. We're for liberal media. Like it's like the asking the blaze. Hey, put out something that's pushing some sort of progressive agenda. You have the right here to do whatever you want. But they're not saying we are the blaze. They're not saying we are CNN. They're not. They're saying we. Hey, we're just these good guys who have a bulletin yeah. board and you post what you want. But if what you want isn't what we want, then we take it off, yeah. which is skewing and misleading the public, which means that they would need to re-register re, re in some way, even in the tax code, for what they're actually doing or be regulated, which I would say is sketchy in general. I don't want to push yeah, that. No. Don't but I don't want to push that, but I'm saying that if they wanted to move as a political influence or political group, they could do that too. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I think that the simple solution here okay. is always more voices, not less. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's no reason to go in there and, right. and, and slam. I, I ignore Alex Jones because I don't particularly agree with him and like his com- his content but that that's okay it doesn't bother me that he's on the I don't I don't care and you just need to be just more voices not less all right back in a minute up next enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters available exclusively for podcast listeners and blaze premium subscribers become a premium subscriber at the blaze.com slash subscribe To answer Stu's question, uh, I do believe that they were, Twitter was legally in the right. However, um, I think that it is a slippery slope and we have to be careful. Um, But I also want to make sure that we're not saying free speech, free speech, free free speech, because I don't think, I mean, the government isn't preventing him from speaking. No, but there's, you know, we've talked about this before. Like, there's a First Amendment issue and there's a cultural First Amendment, right? Right. Like that, I think, and again, this comes down to what you believe is right and wrong. I just think that everyone should be able to say what they want to say as long as they stay within the legal lines. I mean, yeah, and it's not, but it's not, it's not a First Amendment issue. It's not, it's not a technically a First Amendment right. issue, I, I don't believe. Now, you, you point out this thing, and Ted Cruz, I know, has brought this up, and several others, where there's this, you know, this idea that they're getting these protections from the lawsuits, and there is something there. I mean, they, if they're going, if it can be proved that they're being unfair to one side or another, um, you know, and I, certainly I hear most of the stories about that, uh, about the conservatives. Um, but, you know, if, if they, that can be proved, they really could have an issue with that, with the way they're registered. That can be a, that can be a major problem for their companies, but that's something they obviously have to kind of figure out. One, one last thing to say on that, then. Yes. All I want to say is I believe that Twitter is doing the very thing that they're banning Alex Jones for, because Alex Jones, like, like I said, and you know, didn't do anything illegal. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them, obviously, it stems from the Newtown just saying that the massacre was a hoax, that his whole, his whole conspiracy theory. Now, what he did there wasn't illegal, and it was an illegal right, but was it, like ethical or was it was it a good moral thing to do I would say that's one area where I would disagree I don't think that was smart what he did and so obviously Twitter and a lot of these companies disagree with him in what he's doing morally while they're kind of doing the same thing like well we're acting in our legal right yeah but you're stepping outside of a good cultural respect or boundary in an attempt to censor someone who stepped outside of what you think was a good cultural boundary. So it's like fighting fire with fire and it's sort of stoking the flame and I think that they're sort of being hypocrites in what they're doing. Yeah. All right, now that we've got all of the nonsense, all of the circuses <laughs> yeah. out of the way, the we can, yes, <laughs> we can dig into uh, what's going on with the Catholic Church. 
what isn't going on with the Catholic yeah, Church? Not having a very good... Um, no. You know, and so I know that a lot of conservative viewers are Christian or faith-based or at least moral or believe in angels, as liberal outlets always like to say. <laughs> um, but on reality, you know, I'm a, I'm a youth pastor. I've been serving for about six years. I went to Bible college and everything. So by bringing up the story, it hits close to home. I'm not Catholic, Protestant, but I, I do care about the church. And I think the church is, is a good institution in our country. I think it's a, a good moral backbone. But... Quite frankly, you know, a lot of people talk smack on church because they say, you know, it's corrupt. And I go, look, man, wherever you find people, you're going to find corruption. And quite frankly, the the Catholic church is run by people, if you didn't know. Um, So basically, obviously, there's some stories coming up of of a thousand children since the 1940s being abused by over 300 priests in Pennsylvania. And if this is happening just in Pennsylvania, obviously, the Catholic church isn't located in one state. Um, So the attorney generals in, in New Jersey and New York have launched new investigations on the church. And sadly, when the Pope and, and different leaders have been questioned, they've been pretty silent or very nominal in the way that they actually approach the matter. It almost seems kind of either naive to the seriousness of the matter um, or even almost denial. And so this is alerting uh, law, legislators and lawmakers to find out well, what's going on in these institutions and why have there been so much, why has there been so much silence? Why has there been so many payouts um, to victims and families? Like this is a state issue. Obviously, pedophilia and, and predation of children, all these things are are a serious matter and they affect all of us, whether you're a Christian or not, Catholic or not. And um, you know they're launching these investigations. And I'm really interested to see what might happen legally here. And it's a bit nerve-wracking considering we have a lot of Christians and Catholics. A lot of people don't know, but um, they always say, I'm not, I'm not a Catholic, I'm Christian. But Christians are Catholics and Protestants. Mm-hmm. And our nation's the predominant religion is, is Christianity. So what we have is we have the core or a large portion of the faith of our country having the leadership of one faction of their church being challenged for some of the most heinous crimes. And the state is stepping in. And this is a, this is a huge controversy. Again, whenever the church and, and the state start mixing yeah. and having to start fighting each other, I mean, this brings up age-old conflict and battles. And I'm really interested to see, especially since these are liberal states and religion is traditionally conservative in a lot of ways, to see where they might make headway, hopefully, um, or it might cause more outrage. Yeah. I, lo- I, I love how you said that. That um, I mean, so, sometimes I, I think that... I, we can't elevate people within the church, even regardless of their rank structure, whether they're a priest, whether they're a pastor, or a pope, or, or, or whatever. We can't elevate them beyond man status. There's only, other, there's only one being on this, if you're a Christian, that, that is elevated beyond that, and that's Jesus Christ. A human, that is. But we cannot elevate them beyond just men. And, and men have flaws. They, they do bad things. Just It doesn't matter which church, which faith they are, they do bad things. But one of the biggest problems here is that a lot of people that I've seen who have been writing about this or talking about this, it's like they're trying to, they're trying to vilify the entire church or, or trying to vilify Christians in general because of what's going on. And that really irritates me. The second thing that irritates me about this is that the Pope, I, in my opinion, should be concentrating every, all of his energy on this. But you'll see him, I just saw him tweeting today about some... Climate change? Mm. Was it That's climate a, change? Well, it, it, he's taking on the environment. It was definitely a social like climate that. change yeah, going on in our country. You know, he's being asked about this, and they're like, well, I mean, let's focus on the important things. Thousand like, children, let's talk about polar bears. I mean, right. it's, I mean it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's not that they're just being silent. They're deliberately trying to refocus the attention on something that is ridiculous to say. 
Right. So, um, Stu, what's your take? I, I, uh, it's funny that you know we hear all the time from liberals separation of church and state. Here, of course, they're completely fine with the state being all over the church, which, by the way, so am I. I mean, they should absolutely be investigated. I'm completely comfortable with these things being investigated. There's enough smoke all over the place that we need to find out where the fire was. But was is also an important word here. Um, you know, the report you're talking about, we, you know, we went through it and it, you know, it is a very necessary detailing of these crimes from, you said, you know, in 1940, some of these crimes uh, occurred. And that is the one thing that you can look at and say, well, we need to make sure this is in perspective and understanding what's happening now with the church. We know before 2002, it was a dumpster fire. Like, there's basically, I don't know if there's any argument about that. If there, whatever was happening there, you know, a thousand, and, it, and the report pretty, pretty clearly states it's way more than a thousand. They, 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 I think it was 13 counties in Pennsylvania that they didn't even look at. So they only did, I think it was 54 of the 67, plus none of the other states, right? Plus, uh, you know, they, there's thousands they believe that may have never just come forward. Um, so it, it was horrific before 2002. We know in 2002, the church kind of came forward and said, well, we're going to take care of this and we're going to make real moves to try to stop this. Um, and, you know, at least the report doesn't have anything past that period of, of any overwhelming note. I mean, there's a couple of, of minor, I don't want to say they're minor incidents, but there's just, as far as numbers go, there's not a lot past that point, which may indicate something positive. Um, we need to find out if it if they've actually made changes. The the report you know kind of indicates, hey, we think they've made some changes. They've decided to stop becoming um, an organization that does investigations. This is a church. Churches should are not required to go through legal investigations about pedophiles. Police do that. They're supposed to do that, and they should do that. If the Catholic Church finds someone who they think is engaged in this behavior, they should turn that information over to the authorities. Legally, they have to. Yeah, and they legally have to, and let them handle it. Um, so it seems like they've made progress in that in that in that way. And I do think that like there is an there's an element of this that it's such a horrific set of crimes that. The media and people who are going after this are trying to broaden this to basically everybody who's faith-based. Yeah. And that's something that we have to make sure but that... But not Muslims. Right, exactly, except for... <laughs> Don't right. ever no, no, no. Thank you Thank for you. saying Thank that. Thank you Not Muslims. No, it's true. It's, it's Muslims, it's Christians, it's everybody has, you know, really horrible things. It's just, it's so frequent... Uh, in the Catholic Church in that period, and so disturbing at the level that it was going on. And being that, covered up. Yeah. It's like institutionalized. Yeah, exactly. And is New, are New York and New Jersey coming at this with the right um, motivations? I really hope they are. I, I, I tend to be skeptical, and I tend to think that they like the idea of putting a church through a big investigation like this. But you know what? You know, when you molest thousands of kids, this is going to happen to you too. Uh, so don't do it. Stay away. Give it up by not taking it up. Um, but it's just one of those things of, I think, the, the investigation has to happen no matter what the motivation it was. We need to at least know, and hopefully it's not happening now. There's not evidence of it happening now. But whatever happened before 2002 needs to be fully exposed. And the church should own every little bit of it. And it should be their only focus, it feels like, at this point. Yeah. Uh, Jason, what is the latest with Russia? This, this, is, this is concerning. So there are uh, just around 2,000 U.S. soldiers in Syria right now. Uh, not not in combat, of course, advising, um, which th- in the reality, advising is fighting side by side and making sure they do what you want them to do. So they're fully they're fully engaging in combat. Um, <clears throat> a lot of those the areas where they're engaged at is in southeastern Syria, so right on the border of Syria, Jordan, and Iraq, right in those areas, which is the main corridor that Iran is trying to get access to. Uh, that's like their main strategic goal. Um, and by extension, uh, Assad wants that as well. 
and even more extension, Russia is wanting that as well to help them do that. Well, uh, this week, just in this week, Russia has warned us twice via their little red phone saying that they are very imminently going to attack a base that is in that area right on a crossing between Iraq and Syria, that they're going to attack that base. Now, our soldiers are there. Um, they are pr- helping to provide security because it's a, one of those deconfliction zones. Mm-hmm. Now, Russia and Assad and Iran are saying that there are, of course, ISIS and terrorists that are in this area. That's always their excuse to attack any other area they want over there. But, um, <clears throat> but they've warned us twice. Now, we have not backed down from that and said, look, if you attack that, we reserve the right to defend ourselves. We're not leaving. These are our allies. Um, it, the, the question is now who's going to back off? We've seen this coming for a long time. I, there's going to be a time with the, with the escalation going on to where either some Russians are going to get hurt um, or there's going to be some Americans are going to get hurt. The problem is, <laughs> I guess the issue is what happens next. Yeah. I mean, God forbid they move ahead and do this and our boys are still there. This is not I, what I would call a really great time for things to be happening, for a conflict to be happening with Russia. Yeah, uh, just with the, the, the whole op-ed and <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump not knowing who to trust to mm. advise him this doesn't seem like really good timing. And plus, what happened in, with Great Britain, right? <clears throat> yes. Where the, with an attack on our, you know, closest ally, uh, you know, a chemical attack that they've now traced back to Russian intelligence. I mean, it's it is a really scary time for this to be blowing up, and it can, you know, it feels like these things can go out of control quickly. Hopefully there's, you know, adults in the room that can stop that from happening, but it's, you know, you never know with this stuff. Just yesterday or a couple of days ago, uh, Russian bombers re, uh, or they continued flying nuclear capable, capable bombers uh, near Alaska. Um, and we intercepted them with a couple F-22s and they were very, very pissed off that we did that. Um, they just recently started doing that. There, there's, there, there's a, as sanctions keep piling up and as Russia keeps getting called out for doing the things that they're doing, um, they are matching it with aggressive, you know, military moves. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's definitely not a good time. And um, I, I'm really interested to see where this goes, especially into next week, because if Russia, Russia can either back down or they can move forward. If they back down, they're going to look pretty silly. So right. they, Yeah, they would, but to be fair, I think the U.S. kind of does the same thing where we, we really kind of at the same time while we, we do care for, for other people and, and casualties – um, we take the best strikes that we think that we need in, in any given battle or war. And we do warn people, and we warn what's going to happen. Israel does this too. Um, and so, you know, for us to say just because maybe Russia isn't our best friend and we have a bad history with, with Russia doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have the right internationally to do this. If they're a superpower and we do the same thing, the only sketchy thing is, is you know, if Trump colluded with, with Russia, he did a very poor job because <laughs> yeah. currently the situation should be a lot better. And right. I think that, that there's definitely with Putin and, and Trump. I mean, he's been, Trump's been very hard on Putin and Russia. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was just in Shanghai doing some contract work out there, met Russians. They were very upset to see me. I know it's a, not a real <laughs> textbook based. They were telling me, you know, that, that it was at a business thing. You know, like you, your sanctions have ruined, you know, our businesses. And we've had to switch business into China. And I mean, there's a sentiment there that, you know, the American people have, have hurt the country. And so I'm sure there's a lot of national support. I'm sure even if there was any killing of American soldiers, um, there would be national support in, in Russia. That's preemptive to say. However, I do like the, the old sayings from presidents previous, you know, that just basically that American blood would, would require war. I mean, I like that sentiment of our troops saying don't even touch our troops. We don't yeah. want to see any bloodshed of our, of our troops. So while I don't want us to back down, 
I also would hate to see a war as well or any sort of strikes. So ho- hope they are smart. Yeah, Absolutely. Last word on this. Yeah, and the, the only just building off of that, this situation did happen in reverse. After the chemical attack, we did call them up and saying, look, get your guys out of there because we're about to hit it. And Russians did move back to their bases and they did vacate. So it did work in the reverse. Yeah. So. Uh, I just, I can't, I don't want to end on a heavy note, and I have a feeling that this Michael Moore story might not be so heavy still. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, any story with Michael Moore is heavy. It's well, that's, that's a great point. <laughs> it's always gigantic. I have, a, I have a feeling that this Michael Moore story will be heavier than anything we've done on the yeah, show that's today. True. That's true. Super size. Uh, Michael Moore is in the middle of a divorce. Um, and, uh, I can't imagine. I know. Why? With the American I public. want to be married. Yeah, I know. It's like, yeah. Um, it's, uh, so he's in the middle of a divorce. And um, his wife, who worked on some of his bigger, more successful films from back in the day, uh, was supposed to get percentages on on the sales of these films and the profits. Um, And he is not giving them to her. She's complaining in court. And part of this is, okay, look, it's a it's a it's a breakup. You know, you hate to see anybody get divorced. You also uh, it's how much of it can you trust? Right. I don't know. I wasn't in these rooms. You know, there's these guys go in these public divorce hearings. You never know who's right and who's lying and who's telling the truth. Uh, One interesting part about this, however, is Michael Moore, apparently in 2014 and 2015, claimed a a, a salary uh, for those years of negative three hundred thousand dollars and like negative four hundred thousand dollars. So the idea is, think about this for a second. First of all, if, if that's true, he's in a gigantic failure of a business, right? Like, I mean, he has, you know, Academy Award-winning movies, right, that are in his catalog. Like, he should have no problem uh, making enough money uh, to support his lifestyle. Number two, you've seen his lifestyle. His lifestyle is nice. He's got nice houses. He's got nice things. All these things that completely disagree with all the stuff that he says. Uh, he's got all that stuff, and we've all seen it before in, in previous years. So how is he paying for that? Well, maybe he had investments or whatever else. But the other part of this is it seems really unlikely that he would lose three hundred and four hundred thousand dollars But even if it's true, this is a guy who's been walking around the country and yelling at everyone else, saying how bad capitalism is, saying how bad how the rich don't pay their fair share. While the entire time he was paying zero dollars in taxes, if he was reporting a negative income, he wasn't paying taxes on his income. And he's been yelling at everyone else and how bad Donald Trump is and how bad these rich people are and how they have to pay more and more and more and more and more when he wasn't paying a dime. This is a guy who at least at one point in his life was a multimillionaire uh, and is certainly going around the country and promoting films and doing all these things. And, you know, he's got all the stuff going on. It just seems completely hypocritical, which is exactly what I would expect. From some, of the, some of the loudest, uh, uh, you know, virtue signalers yes. in, in Hollywood or, or, in, or actors, <sighs> directors, whatever. Activists. You're from LA, you know. Huge sigh. Some of the biggest <laughs> We've just hypocrites. triggered Elijah here. <laughs> like, uh, There's some of the biggest hypocrites. Uh, Michael Moore, he's, talked to, he's been a big anti-Second Amendment guy. But he was also caught, what was that, a few years ago? I think I've said this before. But he was caught when his security went through JFK because a flight got Diverted, yes. had to land at JFK, and he was armed. I mean, come on, like yeah. I, can, I have a billion of these stories because I lived right there with you, brother. <laughs> you made it out alive. <laughs> All right, uh, yesterday's 
poll was whether or not people agreed basically with the John Huntsman Jr. theory <laughs> oh, of uh, who wrote the anonymous op-ed. And I regret to inform you guys that only 15% All right, that's, uh, that's... thought that it was John Huntsman Jr. who wrote the anonymous op-ed. It's interesting. So... Uh, that's, I think that's it's still the best available theory. Uh, <laughs> there's still no one else I think did it more. Though I think 15% is about how much I believe it. So and, I think that's about I think right. we'll be disappointed. Did, I think it's going to be someone low in. He, I, did, I he did go on the, not that it matters, but he yeah. did go on the record and, and say it. that he didn't do it. It was Acosta. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be honest, though, where the media is at, though, that's just just a note on that. It could be nobody. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's, you know, when every source is alleged, unknown, supposed, secret. I mean, these sources are so anonymous and there's these well-written articles. It could be ghost-written. Oh, yeah. I mean, this yeah. thing could have been edited uh, up the butt with, with adding in things. I mean, when you're releasing this and you're making your biggest news story is from a source you can't confirm with right. information that you don't know, yeah. I mean, the best guess anyone could have is as good as the other person, yeah. to be honest. I, yeah. I think most likely is probably somebody who's lower level that they're promoting as somebody higher. Senior. Right? They're trying to say they're senior and it's some like, you know, the senior janitor. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Does right. the media ever say we have a low-level uh, White House official? No. no. They never say that. Level. It's always a senior. A low level senior. Yeah. No, like, very low level source gave yeah. us a scoop. Uh, today's poll, do you agree with Twitter's decision to ban Alex Jones? You can let us know on Twitter at The Blaze. And if we don't get banned. If we get banned, you will not be able to. <laughs> yeah, you won't be able to. And before we go, I just, uh, two things. I need chance for you to show my lovely shirt because mm. we like unfortunately it. showed uh, Stu's mm. attire. And, and I am now wearing, yes, and I am now wearing a Cowboys shirt. For those of you listening on podcast, I am now wearing a Cowboys shirt. You can't see my shoes, um, but they're also <laughs> Cowboys shoes. And um, I also, I know that, yesterday, by the way. I, I know that you were those. wearing, here's my shoes right here. I know that you were wearing um, a giant Eagles ring, mm-hmm. I, but I believe that mine has more diamonds. Uh, that's wow. pretty nice. Like real real diamonds. Like real ones. Certainly more real ones. Just, just. <laughs> what Super Bowl did you win? <laughs> the Super Bowl of life. Uh, and then really quickly before we go, want to give a warm happy birthday wish to one of our producers, Marissa. She is like one of the hardest workers that I know. And it's really hard on this show because uh, when you've got Glenn here, he comes in and sits down and we're about to do the show. And he's like, you know what? I think I want to pull like ten tweets. Yeah. <laughs> that she then needs to go run to the other room and and get ready. So uh, happy birthday, Marissa! And we hope you guys have a good weekend. We will see you Monday. So you did wear the shirt on purpose. It wasn't like a charity situation. Or no, you it was out of money, and it was only a shirt you wore. No, I have several of them oh, actually. Wow. Yeah, there's no holes in them. I just thought she didn't let me know. Like what you're hearing. Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.